broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA, uniting sports fans everywhere. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. People want the authenticity, right? They want to know a little bit more. They don't want just the cliches. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Uh, I'm thankful that God has delivered me and he's given me a mouthpiece to be able to, a platform as well to be able to share with different people. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. When you're around somebody that has that joy and you can feel it and it's contagious. Um, Every day I ask, you know, what does God have in store for me and how does he want to utilize me in this position that I hold. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson, and I'm excited to unpack sports, faith, and life with you today. We've got a really fun show loaded with football content, and stick around at the end of the show. We'll do our segment, Unpack This, about Patrick Mahomes succeeding with the Chiefs after waiting and watching last year. We'll also do our segment, I'm Convinced, about the Browns winning, the Steelers, oh, what's going on with them, kickers, and a player retiring at halftime. Plus, our interview today will be with Rob Motti. He's the author of the book, Birds of Prey, the story of the Philadelphia Eagles, Faith, Brotherhood, and Super Bowl. And he's got some great insight on that team and how important their faith was throughout the season and and now with the return of Carson Wentz and and the fact that they've started off the season one and one. Nick Foles didn't look as good as he did in the Super Bowl. And so a lot of interesting dynamics on that team. And and Rob shares uh, just a cool story uh, about that team last year. And a lot of those guys are still on this team and how important faith is to those those key players on that roster. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. It's our third week here on Sports Byline USA, and, and we're just so thankful to be here, and I would love to hear from you, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Coming up, we're going to do our segment, I'm Convinced. We're just getting going. Glad you're here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We'll be back. More sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacketing with Bryce Johnson. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacketing with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. And we love starting things off with a segment we call I'm Convinced. And this time of year, it's very NFL heavy. And it was another great week in the NFL and plenty of great storylines, intriguing teams that that either look great or better than we expected. And it's just been wild so far to, to think that the Bucks are 2-0 and the Browns got a win on Thursday night. And so we start there. I'm convinced that the Cleveland Browns have the most loyal fan base in professional sports. And I'm so glad that they were able to celebrate their first win in 635 days. 
And the the reason that I think they're, they're they have such a loyal fan base is because they they've been through so many difficult seasons, quarterback after quarterback, coach after coach, and they continue to show up to the stadium. They continue to watch games. I have so many friends that root for the Browns week after week. I mean, even late in the season, they will they, they will still even the losing seasons, they will go and find a TV to, to watch the, their team. I, I've got one friend who has a, a tattoo of the Browns on his arm. And so to see those types of fans have the opportunity to experience joy and excitement, I think it was a special night on, on Thursday night, and it was in front of a national crowd. And so not only did they get the win, but the fact that Baker Mayfield was the one to get them over the hump I, I just thought it was fantastic, and, and so I'm just convinced that, that in a lot of ways, this was about the fans because they're the ones that stuck by this team for so long. And, and were they celebrating like they won the Super Bowl? Absolutely, but good for them because in, in their minds, with, with where they've been to, to where they are now, that was their Super Bowl. Now, it'll wear off, and they got, they got to win some games. It was only week three, and it was against the Jets, but now there's a hope. Now there's an excitement surrounding this team the rest of the season. And there was some hype going in, and now they're living up to it, at least with one win, right? At least with one win, we saw a glimpse of it. But, but I, but I want to take this a, a step further and relate it to our own lives because I'm convinced that we don't celebrate enough in life. And in some ways, we can become numb to you know celebrating uh, kindergarten graduation and then fifth grade graduation or celebrating every family member's birthdays. And we feel like, oh, we always have another birthday coming up. But, but I'll say this, to, to watch fans who celebrate victories, and for many teams, it's every week, you know, Patriots and Alabama, they win all the time. But, but teams like Cleveland, they don't get that opportunity all the time. And so they, they, they take advantage when they do get the chance to celebrate and I think we need to, to have a similar mentality in our own lives to celebrate the people in our life, to celebrate the key moments, to celebrate the blessings that God has given us, and to not take things for granted. And, and when we, we accomplish a, a project at work or we, we finish something we've, we've been working on, it's worth the celebration versus we're on to the next game. We're on to the next accomplishment or we're on to the next person's birthday Let's really be in the moment because I'm just convinced there, there's so much joy to be had when we celebrate life, when we enjoy the, the, the little moments, the little accomplishments. And, and I'm so guilty of, all right, what's next? Okay, that's great. I finished that. Okay, what, what can I do now? Versus pausing, reflecting, and saying, this was awesome. And so Thursday night, that was an awesome game for the Browns. And it was worth celebrating, cheering, hugging, high-fiving, so good for them. Even watching Joe Thomas, who retired, he was doing the, the NFL Network, watching him celebrate was really cool as well. So the number two story I, I'm convinced of. I, I'm convinced that Vontae Davis shouldn't have left the stadium after he retired during halftime of the Bills game, but I'm convinced quitting is sometimes the best answer. So there was a lot of feedback on both sides with, with Vontae Davis. He let his team down. He, a lot of former players consider him a, a quitter and selfish, and they couldn't believe what he did 
to, to just leave during halftime. And so in a lot of ways, I agree with the concept that he shouldn't have just walked away and not really explained to people or not remained on the sideline. But I think in life, there are moments where we just know that it's over. We know that it's time to move on. Now, I think it's important to leave the best that we can and to not burn bridges. But, but there are times, you know, especially at work, where we just know that we can't keep going. But I think on the flip side of it, we, we, we end up staying longer than we really need to because we feel the pressure of other people and what are they going to think and, and they really want me to, to, to stay and I, I got I to gotta keep sucking it up and going, going, going. And, and I think even in football, it's, it's this mentality of if you quit, you know, you're, you're no good or you got to you know, finish your, your whole career and play 10 years. And, and for some of these players, they recognize I can't keep going. I, I, my body is telling me I can't keep playing. I need to stop. And that moment is different for everyone. Some guys can play 20 years. Some, it's in the middle of the season. It's right after the season. It's a few weeks in, and they say, all right, I'm going to finish out this season. But I think we have to give guys a little more grace and, and even in our own lives give each other grace that sometimes we have to you know, leave a church or leave a, a job or leave a neighborhood. And even though other people might be disappointed that we're leaving, if we sense that God is leading us and that we're trusting his guidance, we have to be confident to make those decisions. And, and sometimes it's, it's not the, the easiest decision and other people aren't going to be thrilled with it. But we have to remain obedient in those, those situations. And so I don't know all the details or, or what Vontae Davis was going through, but, but I just want to step back and, and try to understand the, the bigger picture a little bit even though I think he could have handled it a lot better. There's no question about that. Real quickly, a couple more things that I'm convinced of this week. I'm convinced that Ben Roethlisberger is the key to the Steelers turning their season around. There's plenty of talk of, you know, is Bell going to come back and what are they going to do with him and what's going on with Antonio Brown and missing practice and complaining and, you know, wondering what side you should choose with Antonio Brown. Ben Roethlisberger, he's got to go out there lead this team to the best of his ability. He's the veteran quarterback, and he's got to get all the, the offensive weapons involved, and this offense is going to have to carry the, the Steelers and turn things around, and the offense goes as Ben Roethlisberger goes. So it's on him. He needs to carry a little bit more responsibility, and, and, and I think he can do it. I, I really do. I think he's got the ability to, to help this team turn it around, but, but I'm convinced it's time, it's time for him to, to step it up even more and maybe be more vocal and, and engage this team a, a lot more. I'm also convinced I would never want to be a kicker in the NFL. There were 19 misses on Sunday, and two kickers were released. Since week one of 2017, 14 teams currently have a different kicker. And so I'm also convinced that teams shouldn't play for the field goal. Play for the touchdown. Go for it on fourth down. Go for it a lot often. The plays that you call, don't just settle for a field goal. Really go for it. And I think teams too often, they go, all right, yeah, we just need three here. And they kind of play conservative and safe. And then they go, all right, let's bring out the kicker. And what happens? He misses the kick. Whereas the offense was really moving. They're marching down the field. They're getting first downs. Receivers are open. Just go for it. Go for the end zone. 
I, I think teams hold themselves back all too often, and then they, they go with the kicker who's been on the sideline watching. All right, it's up to you to win the game. No, put the ball in the hands of the quarterback and let him make a play. So one final thing I'm convinced of, I'm convinced that every team should have their own version of the Philly special because we've already seen it a couple times this year and, and Cleveland on Thursday night with Baker Mayfield scoring a touchdown. I just love that play. I love watching quarterbacks attempt to catch the ball like we saw in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and maybe it not work out. And then you see Nick Foles. It works for him. They did it again. Something similar uh, early in the season. And then Baker Mayfield. Every team should be doing it. Make these offenses even more dynamic. I think it's a blast. Coming up next, we're going to do our interview with Rob Motti. We'll talk Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks for listening to I'm Convinced. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. More sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks for being with us here on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can find our podcasts, videos, blogs, ways to connect on social media. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Would love to hear from you. And it's week number three on Sports Byline USA. So what do you think about the show? What would you like to, to see us add to the show? What's your favorite segment? Who are some guests you'd like to have uh, on the show or you'd like to hear on this show, let us know. Shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Let's welcome on our guest today. The Philadelphia Eagles last year won the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz was awesome before he went down, but they won the, the actual game with him on the sidelines. And now he's back. And right now we're going to have a conversation about how special the Philadelphia Eagles were last year and how their faith really drove them, and that's what they were most passionate about throughout the season. And so our guest today is a best-selling author and a radio and television personality based in Philadelphia. He has covered local and national sports for nearly 20 years for the Associated Press. He has written or co-written six books, including his newest book, Birds of Prey, the story of the Philadelphia Eagles' faith, brotherhood, and Super Bowl victory. He is also the radio host of Faith on the Field, based in Philadelphia. I'm pleased to welcome Rob Motti back to Unpacking It. Rob, thanks for being with us. How are you? Bryce, it is my honor to be on the show again. Thank you so much for having me. Man, well, we're, we're psyched to talk with you and, and can't wait to, to really dive into the book. But we're, we're two weeks into the NFL season, and so I've got to get your initial thoughts uh, on how you're feeling, how everyone's kind of feeling about the Eagles and their one-in-one start. Well, Carson Wentz is coming back this week. Uh, after two weeks of so-so performances, the offense didn't look that good with, with Nick Foles. I kept trying to tell everybody he is the Super Bowl MVP. Give the guy <laughs> a little bit of slack, and, and they could not wait in this city for Carson Wentz to come back. I'm like, how quickly people forget he has one bad game, and already they're, they're ready to go. Nick, out the door, let's bring Carson back. But Carson is the reason how, that they were even in position to get to the 
Super Bowl last year. He is the franchise quarterback. He is an exceptional talent, and people are excited to see him back out on the field against Indianapolis. Should be a great game. Well, no, I was going to ask you about that because I just can't get over how quickly people wrote Foles off. I mean, what, what, is the, what is the thought process? How did that happen so quickly that, that everyone forgot that he was the MVP in the Super Bowl? Man, we live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society, Bryce. And, and I think it's unfortunate because I was on the radio all summer long telling people they ought to build a statue for Nick Foles. Like, this city <laughs> waited forever to win a Super Bowl. And Nick Foles goes out there and, and has this phenomenal performance in the NFC Championship game and then against Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. He's the MVP of that game. And, and then he has a couple bad games in the preseason. I'm like, it's, it's just just a preseason. Who cares? There's no offense. There's nothing going on. And then it's just a so-so <laughs> performance in that first game. And that's price they're ready. They're ready. Like, all right, don't let the door hit you on the way out, Nick. And man, it, it's it's unfortunate. I think there's still a segment of fans though who will forever uh, look at Nick Foles as their hero, as the guy who finally got them that Vince Lombardi trophy. So uh, I hope those fans are loud and proud because uh, Nick Foles deserves it. What a great guy he is, too. Uh, Well, it's funny because I was with my family in Philadelphia when the news came out that that Wentz was out week one, and and they were just beside themselves. They were so upset, and and so I've just been trying to understand – just how this happens, but that's how Eagles fans are, and uh, it's just kind of funny. But it's exciting that Wentz is back, and, and so what's kind of your maybe expectation for him and, and kind of even for fans to be like, all right, we, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. He's not going to come back you know, right away and start throwing six touchdowns, or is that what you expect? I, I don't, Bryce. I mean, this is this is a guy coming back from an ACL, LCL injury, hasn't played in over nine months now, did not take a snap in the preseason, of course, because they were trying to preserve him and keep him out. He has been in practice. He's looked great. He's looked sharp. He's looked fantastic in in shorts and without people coming at him trying to tackle him. So he's got to get reacclimated to the speed of the game. He's got to step back in there, get familiar with the new guys around him. He doesn't have much help around him right now. Alshon Jeffries out. He, uh, he's injured. They lost a couple other wide receivers. They brought back one of his close buddies, Jordan Matthews. I can't expect him to step in there and be the Carson Wentz who was uh, on the way to potentially winning MVP of the NFL last year, finished third in voting after he was injured but this guy is a pretty remarkable uh player and and if he steps right in there and has a three touchdown zero interception performance it wouldn't shock me but that's not what my expectation level is gotcha all right so i selfishly asked too because i am putting him in my uh, fantasy lineup this week he's back so uh so we'll get him, we'll get him uh, hey, you're, you're going you're going right in i'm you're starting go, i'm going right in <laughs> I, got all right. I, I drafted him too early not to uh rely on him so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, glad he's healthy. We're talking with Rob Motti here on Unpacking It. He's written a new book called Birds of Prey, the story of the Philadelphia Eagles' faith, brotherhood, and Super Bowl victory. And and speaking of, of Foles and Wentz, you, of course, wrote a, a lot about both of them in your book and both of them strong uh, men of faith. And and I'm curious to, to hear just a, a little bit of that, that perspective on the show today as far as how that relationship really grew and how it was challenged last year during that Super Bowl run where here's Carson Wentz having to watch his backup win the Super Bowl while he's going through surgery and and rehabbing and, and, and on the sidelines. 
you know, Bryce, people from the outside looking in, people who maybe are, are not as, as close to the situation or, or just believers will look at it and, and think there should be a jealousy factor. There should be a little resentment. There should be some anger, maybe some bitterness. It would be natural. It would be the expectation, but not at all. Not in this case. When Nick Foles came uh, uh, to the Eagles last year, he walked right into that quarterback room and you have Carson Wentz, strong believer. Nate Sudfeld, who was picked up uh, at the right after the end of training camp last year when he was released by Washington, number three quarterback, another strong believer. So you have three guys who really uplift each other, motivate each other, encourage each other, study scripture together, listen to worship music together. So the transition from Carson to Nick was not difficult at all. He, he was ready to, he understood the situation. He was disappointed in what happened to him. Uh, who wouldn't be? Well, you're going down and he's such a competitor. But for him to see Nick Foles, a guy who is such a man of Christ, be elevated into that starting role and to take off with it and to win the Super Bowl and then to glorify God on that platform, on that stage in front of billions, millions, however many people were watching, uh, for as difficult as it may have been for the average person, Carson was able to put aside any inner feelings of selfishness or, or, or anything like that and understand, hey, this is all for the glory of the kingdom. This is great. I could not have asked for a better situation than this. And Nick, for his part, from the day he took over, always said, hey, this is Carson's team. I'm just steering the ship right now. I understand it's Carson's team. And throughout the whole process, he wins the Super Bowl. He is the MVP. And he says, hey, I'm just here until Carson Wentz is ready to come back and be the starting quarterback. So there has been no feelings of any of the bitterness, jealousy, or anything like that. It's such a strong quarterback room. Uh, and, and then to hear coaches and other people around the league who, who, who may not have experienced anything like that. Talk about these guys. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's pretty impressive. It's real. It really is. Oh, no question about it. Rob Motti, our guest right now on unpacking it. His book is called birds of prey and that's P R A Y all about the, the faith of that, that Philadelphia Eagles team that, that won the Super Bowl last year. And, and just to continue that, that kind of, topic with with Carson Wentz was there a moment or something you admired most about this journey that 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 Wentz has been on specifically that that here he is going through rehab and and just behind the scenes recognizing that that this is for God's glory like you said and and him maybe speaking that but but was there something that really stood out to you that said wow this Wentz guy really gets it and and he's he's the real deal yeah, and, and you know what it was, Bryce? It's the day after he's injured because uh, he, here is the outside world looking in, and I hear it on talk radio, and I hear other people, and I hear fans say, how could something bad like this happen to such a loyal follower of Christ? Mm. People who are a little cynical of his faith, people who may not necessarily have the same beliefs, people who want to come at it with a critical eye say, how could this happen? How could this happen to Carson Wentz? And you and I both know as believers, it doesn't make us immune to adversity. It just means that God is there with us to guide us through the storm. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And, and, and for Carson, the very next day, 
he put out a video on social media saying, while I understand, you know, while this is difficult for me and, and it's devastating for me personally, uh, I, I understand that God has a different plan for me and I will always put my trust in the Lord. That was so strong and such a powerful testimony that one day, this is, this is still a kid who's 24, 25 years old. Mm. He had every reason to be angry, to be bitter, to have resentment in his heart, but he understands that platform that he has and that people are watching. And for him to come out the next day after he was injured, two days before he actually had the surgery to realize my season's over, but I can use this to glorify the Lord. And he did that. And I was like, man, not only he gets it uh, and he gets it in a powerful way. And it, it was so beautiful to watch. Oh, it's so cool, especially as a, as a young guy. And man, the, the testimony that, that he had, and it was just, a, I mean, he, he talked a lot about it, but just the way he acted and we could see it even from the outside looking in, uh, it, it was cool. So, so, so to hear from you kind of being a little bit more in the mix and, and knowing these guys on a, on a personal level, really cool to hear. He's Rob Motti. We'll continue the conversation about faith and football right after this. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson right here on Sports Byline USA. The place to hear athletes opening up about their true passions in life. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Fantasy football is the best. You compete with your friends and family all season long, and when you win, it's so exciting. I have won two rings myself, and as fun as fantasy football already is, What if we played with more purpose and meaning? Well, at Fantasy Football Fellowship, we created a way for you to have league meetings throughout the season to discuss how fantasy relates to our lives and the Bible. Each week, we have content, topics, and questions that allow fantasy owners to connect intentionally with each other and to God. We'll help your league have conversations about fantasy, faith, and life as you go from the draft to the championship. Play fantasy football and change your lives. Sign your league up today at FantasyFootballFellowship.com. Going beyond the field, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. We're in the middle of a conversation about faith and football with Rob Motti. He's an author and a radio host. He's written a book called Birds of Prey, the story of the Philadelphia Eagles' faith, brotherhood, and Super Bowl victory. And, and I'm curious, Rob, at what point did you know that this was a special team, not only on the field but off the field as well, and then how did you decide that you wanted to write a book uh, about this team? Uh, I, I knew this was a special group going back to 2016, and, and even though they were only 7-9 and nine that year, uh, they didn't have as much success on the field. But when they baptized five players in the cold tub at the team's practice facility on a Wednesday or Thursday evening in October, I knew that the seeds were being planted, that that camaraderie was building, the bond was developing, and it was all centered 
on their love for Christ. And I said, this is a special group and they're going to do great things. And I, I didn't know that they were going to win the Super Bowl, go from seven to nine, the Super Bowl champions the next year. But as I was having different conversations with these guys and because of the show that I host faith on the field and having different players on the show, even though we do it nationally and bring different players on, there was of course a core group of Eagles who were on my show. Uh, when they won that Super Bowl, it, it hit me that night. A few people were like, hey, you ought to do a book on this team. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of people are probably going to want to do books on the Eagles. And, and then maybe it, it might have been a day or two later, I was like, yeah, I should do a book on this team, but I don't want to do it from the football standpoint. Like most people will, will want to do it because I don't think you could tell the real story of these Super Bowl champions without talking about the faith, that, that unique bond that many of them shared. And, and I've covered teams in Philly now for almost 20 years. I've never seen a locker room that was that united. I've never seen a brotherhood that strong, so special. I've never seen a team overcome so much adversity and become champions. And all of that is because of that bond they have because they're, they're all grounded and centered in their faith and they share that. So uh, once I was able to put the talk to my agent, put a proposal together, we knew that was the right way to go. And, and, and there, it's, it, it all developed so quickly and it's, it's just been uh, an incredible journey, man. And, and I'm blessed to be able to share it. Oh, it's so cool. The, the book is called birds of prey, the story of the Philadelphia Eagles, faith, brotherhood and Super Bowl victory. He's Rob Motti. You're listening to Unpacking It, and, and thanks so much for being with us today. And, and so you, you talked about just, you know, you've covered so many teams and been in locker rooms, and, and to see the uniqueness that this Eagles team had, to, to compare it to even over the years, like even just take football, for instance, we've seen, you know, the Tony Dungy-led teams. We've seen the Kurt Warner-led teams, and there are examples of guys who have been very vocal about their faith, but it seemed that this team – there was just something even even beyond what we've seen before, and it wasn't just one or two guys. We've talked about Wentz, and we, we've talked about Foles, and those may have been the, the biggest names or the most vocal, but this was a, a strong contingent of players that, that it went throughout the locker room. The guys were just serious about their faith, wanting to grow, and so how, like, how did this, this happen, and, and what, what did you kind of notice just the, the process of, of, of really this team coming together? What made these guys so unique, because as you mentioned, Kurt Warner, uh, Russell Wilson, Reggie White back in the 90s, Tony Dungy teams, uh, the the Ravens a few years ago. But what made this Eagles team so unique, uh, Bryce, is that there was a large number of guys. It wasn't three, four, five, or six. It was about 18, 19, 20 guys. They're young guys, but they were bold. And, and, and they, they were willing to use that platform that God blessed them with to share the message of Jesus Christ. They understand that they have this platform, that they've been given these talents, and they want to use it. And now we have social media where maybe it wasn't such a big thing five years and, and definitely not 15 and 20 years ago. So we get to look inside these guys' lives by what they post on Instagram, what they post on Twitter, what they post on their pages, and they use that to glorify the Lord, whether it's Bible verses, whether it's uh, worship songs, whatever it is, they use it in a powerful way to glorify the Lord. And, and that's what's really cool is, is seeing a bunch of young guys who get it. And then to, to go into Super Bowl week, uh, Zach Ertz, who ends up catching the go-ahead touchdown, before the game says our number one priority is to make disciples. Mm. We want to win games. We want to win championships, but our number one priority, 
to make disciples. So when you hear a guy like Zach Ertz say that he's a pro bowl tight end, he's Carson's go-to receiver, but at the same time, he understands that this is a platform that I have and I want to use it. And, and it's, he, he says, we he didn't say I, and it's, it's a feeling, it's a sentiment that a lot of players share on that team. And, and that's what I think made them such a unique group of individuals. It, well, absolutely. And then what was so cool, too, is we, we already talked about Carson Wentz, and he was dealing with difficulty, yet was pointing to God. And you think about a guy like Chris Maragos, who we, we've had on unpacking it, but very vocal about his faith. He was on injured reserve, having to watch his team win, but still sharing his faith and, and, and wanting to, to point toward God. So it wasn't just, oh, this team's winning and they're giving all the credit to God. No, there were guys going through tough times. You've got the whole dynamic that we talked about with Foles and Wentz. And, and so to me, that's, that's, that just carries even more weight to, to say, hey, these guys, they do have a higher calling. They do recognize the platform. And so I appreciate what, what you've done with, with your show, Faith on the Field, and then also your, your new book just highlighting this team. Bird, the, the book is called Birds of Prey. And, and Rob, it's just, it's just so cool to, to hear. So uh, any other thoughts on, on just that as far as th- this wasn't just your maybe the, the normal way that we hear a lot of guys thank God after a win or after a game, it, it went a little bit deeper than that. That is so true, Bryce, because as, as you mentioned, it, it was like at one point, it's they, the guy started to drop. Chris Maragos, strong believer, season-ending knee injury. Uh, Jordan Hicks, one of the players who was baptized in that uh, in that cold tub in 2016, he went down with a ruptured Achilles. Playmaking linebacker, keep uh, the, the quarterback on defense. So they they lose the captain on defense. They lose the captain on special teams. Then they lose the captain on offense. Carson Wentz, and they were all part of that inner circle, all part of that little band of brothers in Christ. There, so. Uh, uh, th- there came a point where after Carson went down, some of these guys were like, hey, what is happening here? What is going on here? One after another, one of our brothers is going down, and Pastor Ted Winsley, the uh, the team chaplain, gathers the guys around like, hey, look who's taking over, though. Here's Nick Foles. Here's the guy who used to lead the Bible study. Here's a guy who used to be the guy in this room leading everyone spiritually, and he went away for a while, and he was humbled and released and cut and, and traded and all that stuff, and now he's back, and and that's when they started to realize, hey, God is still in this. Even though different components and different players on this team are going down, God has never left us. He's still in this, and he's anointed someone like Nick Foles to take over this team and to lift him up at this time. And, and, and that was what that it was such a beautiful thing to watch and for them to understand that and be able to tell everyone out there that, hey, just because you're a believer, man, it doesn't mean you're immune to you're immune to adversity. You're going to go through a storm in life, but if you have Jesus by your side, He will help you navigate that storm. He will never leave you. Amen, amen. He's Rob Motti. The book is called Birds of Prey. He's also the host of Faith on the Field, and, and he's been covering sports for for nearly 20 years for the Associated Press, and has written multiple books. and And so we we talk about all the, these guys that were. You know, just solid, solid guys, loving the Lord, loving each other, winning games, playing football, all that sort of thing. But within a locker room, we know that, that it's hard to get everybody to believe the same thing, to, to get everybody exactly on the same page. And so from your perspective, as you got to know this team, what was it like for the guys that maybe weren't faith-based or they weren't so sure about what they believed and, and maybe were you know, just kind of wondering what was going on? What was kind of the other side of of the locker room and, and how did 
a lot of these faith-based guys deal with that and, and what was what was your perspective on all of that? Tremendous respect, man. It, it, and, and here's what's so cool about the, the Eagles and the, and the players who are strong believers is that they firmly believe in a culture of inclusivity. So these guys aren't a clique. They don't just hang out with each other. They probably do socialize with each other more than any other group on the team, but it's not like you walk into the locker room and go, oh, there's the Christians over there. And, and, and there's the, it, it, it's, it's not like that at all because they really want to spread a message of love. And, and what was Jesus about, man? He was about including everyone. He reaches, he reached out to everyone, to those, to the least to the least of everyone. So that's what Jesus was all about. And they want to spread his love. And they do that in such a way where they're not over the top with their face and, and, and they don't try and offend anyone. And, and it's cool because you have you ha- in, in a locker room, in a team setting, players spend a lot of time with their position groups and meetings and practicing and everything else. So you have, although all three quarterbacks are believers, but you may have uh, one or two tight ends, or you may have two or three linebackers or two or four, you know, so they're sprinkled in all around the position groups and they get to share with those guys. And, and, and uh, I, I just got to see a, there was a, a level of respect that went all around that locker room and it allowed them to overcome all kinds of things, not just the adversity, but here you had a team last year that didn't have a thousand yard rusher, didn't have a thousand yard receiver. Alshon Jeffrey comes in, Jay Ajayi comes in and they both have maybe some reputation of being selfish or something like that. Uh, and, and they bought easily, easily bought into a team first approach. And why were they able to buy into a team first approach well when you look at the core group of guys the leaders on the team if they have a god first mentality well then team first becomes a whole lot easier for everyone else to accept and 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 that's how i I saw that uh develop last year and and it, it was just so neat to watch that happen because there was no divisiveness none whatsoever and then as the whole thing plays out with the white house visit and how they don't end up going there uh hey philly's a tough media market but you didn't hear one player Go tell any member of the media because it would have been out there. It would have been on Twitter. It would have been sources say this and say, hey, uh, I really wanted to go and I didn't like the way my teammates handled it. No, they all united. Mm-hmm. They all were together in that and, and they all decided, hey, let's let's have a team first mentality here. Let's do the same thing. Let's agree on it and, and go forward with it. So uh, it, 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 it all starts with that faith that the core group of guys have and it just it just goes throughout the whole locker room, man. It, it, it was wonderful. It's such a cool thing to watch. And I hope to see other teams and other locker rooms really get that and really build on that and, and, and have it just travel throughout sports across the U.S. Absolutely. It's a message of love and, and brotherhood and, and unity, and it, it's, it's wonderful. So the, the book is, is all about the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the special season that they had last year, written by Rob Motti. It's called Birds of Prey. And, and it goes a lot deeper into the, the faith of these players and, and how they handled adversity and, and how they ultimately ended up winning a Super Bowl, but, but were champions off the field as well. And so, uh, Rob, man, it's great to, to catch up with you. And the, the final question is, how ready is this team to repeat? Do you see the same kind of hunger that, that you saw last year for them to get back there? Oh man, I did a lot of these interviews before the season started. Now that I'm two games into it, uh, I'll still stick with the same thing I said. It is so difficult for teams to repeat. Only eight have repeated as Super Bowl champions. It's a tough, tough NFC. It's a tougher division as well. 
Uh, If there's a team built to do it, the Eagles can, and and Carson wants that ring bad. He wants to be the guy hoisting that Vince Lombardi trophy. I just don't see it happening this year. I do anticipate that they will win a Super Bowl or two uh, under Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback, but I just don't see it happening this year. There you go. I I hear you. As long as Carson Wentz gets me a fantasy football ring, we'll be good to go. But uh, but no, hey, that's what it's all about, man. <laughs> that's that's what it's about. It. That's right. So uh, so Rob, thanks so much. Uh, check him out on Twitter, Rob Motti, and and check out his show, Faith on the Field, and and check out the book, Birds of Prey. Rob, really appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks so much, Bryce. Man, it's my pleasure. All right, thanks a lot. There's Rob Motti right here on Unpacking It. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. It's our final segment here on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. It's time for Unpack This where I'll take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives this week. I want to unpack how Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is taking the league by storm by throwing 10 touchdowns in the first two games of the season. Last week in Pittsburgh, he became the youngest player in NFL history to throw at least six touchdowns in one game. The Chiefs selected Mahomes to be their franchise QB, but they waited before handing over the offense to him. He spent last season backing up Alex Smith, preparing and learning. During the offseason, the Chiefs then traded Smith to the Redskins and went all in on Mahomes. Normally, many high-drafted rookie quarterbacks take over right away, but Mahomes was given the opportunity to wait. Yes, the opportunity because it benefited him greatly. When asked what would have happened if he played right away in 2017, Mahomes responded, I would have just been trying to make plays and I wouldn't have had the same confidence I have now. He's out there as the leader of the offense now. The timing is right and he's ready and prepared to thrive. We know that timing is key in life, but when it requires us to wait and have patience, we can get antsy and frustrated. Nobody likes to stand on the sidelines as we wait for the next promotion or the right opportunity to come to fruition in our own lives. However, when it comes to God's plan and his purposes for our lives, he uses the waiting period to prepare us and teach us. Then, when the timing is right, we're ready to take on the new responsibility with much more confidence. The Bible reminds us that there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on the earth. As we seek and trust God, we can have peace in knowing His timing is perfect and we can rest instead of rush. By recognizing it's not our time yet, we can wait patiently knowing that when it is, we'll be ready because it's God's timing. I hope you're willing to unpack that. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA.